on a mission. A mission to entertain and bring to you the listening public and their mom's positive news. One new format. One new series. One new joke. I mean, lots of new jokes. Welcome to That's News to Me with your hosts, Callum and Buster. Yes, and welcome back to another That's News to Me. Uh, Since we left you, I believe that there was a coup that tried to happen from people that don't know how to do coups. Um, A Brexit deal to make people's lives better by people that don't know how to make people's lives better. And uh, free school meals for loads of millions of children where people don't know how to... So... It's, it's been great since we've been on, but we're not here for that. We're here to talk about the good side of the news, the fantastic stuff that's happened over the past few weeks since we've left you. And I'm so excited and so happy to be back today and to join me on this journey to wade through the river of happiness is Captain, Captain Navigator himself, the magnanimous man, Buster. How are you doing today? Oh, hi there, Matty. <laughs> Just uh, sitting here, sipping on a big old frosty mug of grog, my full pirate regalia, and uh, stuffed parrot, just to get some of the good news from the vantage point on the poop deck here. <laughs> really appreciate the extended intro as well. That's uh, it's very kind. I practiced it a little bit. I was thinking about that when I was walking around with my dog earlier on. But um, yeah, how are you? You good? Had a good Christmas and New Year's and didn't see anyone. Wait, wait, nudge, nudge. I had a, a lovely Christmas and New Year. And, and actually, no, I, I didn't actually go uh, out and do anything Christmas. It was uh, just me and the other half of Christmas. So we stuck to the rules. So I can feel sanctimonious uh, when anyone else <laughs> complains about the, the way things are going now. But I had a really nice Christmas. It was good. Lots of uh, presents. None of them... Uh, like, you know, the sometimes you get the shit presents where you feel like, oh, you know, they, they shouldn't have bothered. Where am I going to put that? So it's, uh, it's nice. Interesting, slightly off topic thing that I learned today that you might be interested. Um, I, heard this on, I heard this on Jimmy Kimmel this uh, just today that someone noticed that all of this past year, there's been angry reviews being posted on Yankee Candles website. People complaining that the candles are shit because they don't smell of anything. So somebody's quite quickly put two and two together in here and done an analysis of reviews on Amazon and other sites of scented candles and the reviews of unscented candles have stayed pretty level through throughout but in 2020 from about March reviews of scented candles have tanked because people haven't realized they've been complaining about the candles not smelling <laughs> amazing Wow, so you could actually probably see a correlation between the amount of people that uh, liked COVID and the amount of people that wasted money on candles. Yeah. Wow, wow. But there has been some good news over uh, the Christmas period. Should we uh, crack on? Yeah. So before we start, if we could just ask everyone to give a little like or uh, rating to the podcast... Uh, that would be fantastic. It will help the algorithms to get like-minded individuals like yourselves 
two listen to the podcast as well and also could just share this with one friend yeah well if you think about it like you got a friend who's upset and you give them you know this link to this podcast and go hey listen to this it uh it might cheer you up worst case they're gonna stop pestering you for like 40 minutes while they're listening to this episode so you know in best case it might cheer them up and you know get them off your case so definitely worth a punt i'd say a nice little, uh, a bit like you might kick off your day with a nice cup of morning brown, i.e. coffee. This uh, podcast is going to kick off with a nice coffee. I normally kick off my day with a nice morning brown, but it's, it's the different one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so actually, that is a, a good reminder for a, a warning for the more squeamish. <laughs> this story is a little bit gross potentially for some people. So if the idea of um, you know something like Callum taking a poo, or perhaps uh, you know your pockets full of live frogs, that sort of thing. If that sort of thing bothers you, then maybe skip <laughs> forward about 10-15 minutes. So this story is a bit of a road movie. So it's a couple of scientists, um, entomologists, in fact, driving across the U.S. Um, and actually, as a, as a side note on that. Um, people who confuse entomology and etymology bugs me in ways that I can't put into words. Ah. But this, uh, this... Um, ento ento is isn't just but it's 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 more specifically it came from like butterflies, didn't it? It's it should be more butterflies. I think a but, someone who studies butterflies bugs. is called a lepidoptologist, which is a lovely word. Wow. That's very specific. But uh, yeah, let's say one of these guys is a leptoptologist. They're, they're driving across the US, presumably doing like work conferences, that sort of thing. But while they're driving along, one of the guys always makes like a real big deal about when they pull over to get coffee, that he can't get coffee from a place which has fresh, freshly ground beans. He's like refuses to drink pre-ground beans at any point. And um, at first it just seems like he's being a, a coffee hipster, just like fussy he wants, you know, Fancy he would, he would, he would proper bug me about that. Yeah, proper bug me. <laughs> and yeah, because we all know people who have like kind of extravagant coffee orders that you know you can't get in, like say a greasy spoon. But you know, if you go mm. off a beaten track for a little coffee shop, or these days now, like a Starbucks and coffee, you can get some more elaborate, you know, types of milk and types of coffee and stuff. So this guy is, is basically being a bit difficult. Um, mm. uh, I would definitely intersect. That very nice so well actually i've got this is a kind of where i ask you for your one of your suggestions why do you think that this guy particularly uh has such a fussy coffee drinking habits well i i i think from what i from what i understand that he does the coffee beans have to be made fertile in some way and don't bugs like either die or shit in them to, to help the fertility of the coffee beans to actually grow. So that be right? it's a pretty good guess. It's a pretty good guess. So thinking that like the bugs are involved somehow in the... the ah, hang growing. on a minute. But he, hang, hang on a minute. But he does like coffee. He does yeah. like pre-ground coffee. Exactly, yeah. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. So does he know some kind of the amount of bugs that get into the system when people are growing coffee and then they're grinding them up with the coffee. Ding, ding, ding. And then... <laughs> yes. Oh. 
So, oh my god, how many? How and many? It's even worse than that for this guy, but because is this going to put me off coffee for the rest of the month? Yeah, potentially, and a few other things too, because it, it leads on to some other shocking revelations. So, the, basically, this oh. guy—it's not just that he knows too much, but it's also he's actually developed an allergic reaction to cockroaches from working with them for so long. And there's actually oh, so much god. cockroach in ground coffee, pre-ground coffee, that it would. Uh, trigger his allergic reaction. Before you go on, um, I was in Vietnam and I was on a boat, so I couldn't go anywhere. And the guy sitting across from me was from California. And you normally expect quite Californians to be quite upbeat and happy. But I don't know if you've ever seen any movies where someone is just, just so dry, it literally pulls you to, puts you to sleep. <laughs> I once I asked him what he did trying to make conversation and he looked at me and he said well what I do for a living is I look up microbes of where are within food so my main role in life is to make sure there's only a certain amount of microbes in flour peanuts coffee and started going through all oh, of the man. things. I'm like, oh my god, yeah, your voice doing that voice the voice whole time, too. Callum. That's very, very soothing. <laughs> oh, is it better than my actual yeah, yeah. voice? You could start. It's doing a good thing about voice. doing accents. It's a, it's a good thing about doing accents. You can choose them whenever you want. But, it, but if I could do an Irish accent, I'd just stick to that because it's the sexiest accent in the yeah, world. Yeah. But I literally, I was like, your voice, your face suits your job title, and I couldn't think of anything worse than sitting there going, ah, good. Well, you're supposed to only have 19 cockroaches in here, but you have 20, so we're shutting this place down. Um, And it's just such a. It's it's weird that you have to. You can have a a maximum amount of things in in the food. So, yeah, before we went on, just thought I'd tell you that story that I met someone that does this job to make sure we don't have too many insects in our food, but not zero. Not zero. Just not too many. Not zero. Yeah, that's actually really interesting you mentioned that guy because that's precisely what I was going to talk about was the US. Food and Drug Administration, FDA, uh, which that guy might have worked for. That's their precise job is defining and measuring the amounts of this horrible stuff in our food to make sure that there's not harmful levels of it. So can you hazard a guess as to... Um, so the, the, in the particular case of cockroaches, they're basically the situation is they have a pile of beans that are dried and then cockroaches find their way in and they're just ground up with it. Can you hazard a guess as to what is the upper limit uh, of what percentage of ground coffee? So if we say like a hundred grams, have you got like a hundred grams? You've got a measurement, uh, a measurement there. or a percentage, whatever you prefer. Oh, we'll go. Okay, we'll go percentage then. That'll be easier. Um, it's got to be reasonably small, right? It can't be like twenty percent. But I'd say like zero point five percent. I think that would be way too much. But yeah, I'll go for zero point five percent. Horrifyingly, the maximum amount of insect limbs uh, allowed in ground coffee is 10%. (laughs) (laughs) That is not okay. That is not okay. One in six people in the USA get food poison every single year and in the UK, one in 66 people. So food poisoning does happen, but on on 11 times less scale. So um, let's not try and do, do that to ourselves. But... 10%. 10%. So hang on a minute. I, I'm in the morning. I'm having like 90% coffee. To, well, this is America, right? But if I was in America, 
I would be drinking 10% bug juice every single morning. Potentially, but... Um, Lovely. For the most part, it's pretty harmless. That's why it's so high. Um, it doesn't it doesn't represent like what they will all be like. That's the maximum allowed level. But apparently, 88% of an insect's body generally is edible compared to 40% for pigs and cows. Whereas, you know, we can yeah. be grinding up the bones of, of cows and things to eat. Whereas insects, they're... Uh, all of their like exoskeleton is made of um, chitin, I think, which is you know, yeah. edible. It's, it's fine. It's harmless. I think it's the stuff that mushrooms cells are made out of as well. I think. Well, I, th- uh, I think I think insects are wiping their brow right now with sweat. Uh, thankfully, that you know, a lot of companies are starting to be able to produce meat inside of labs because I heard <laughs> they were the next to go. So <laughs> that's it. They're going. Thank fuck for that. <laughs> I can continue just living for a day. Can living for a day. Happy day. It doesn't really. Or happy day. Fill me with like much of an appetite thinking about eating insects. Like, I've seen like on travel documentaries people having big, you know, roasted locusts and stuff, and that actually doesn't look that unappetizing to be honest. But I, I tried no. a while ago like a, a bag. It was a little sushi shop. You could buy like a crisp packet bag full of little locusts which had been seasoned yeah. like crisps, and they were so awful. They tasted like. You know the smell of like a hamster's cage, like the sawdust mixed with piss that like lines the bottom of a small pet rodent's how, terrarium. How, how poor were you? How poor were you that you were having to eat the bottom of your it tasted cage? Like the smell of that though. I, I've, I've never tasted. I can't confirm what the actually sawdust tastes like, but it was close enough to give it a swerve. That is, that, you know, that does sound horrendous. The thing is, I, I don't. The, the, the fact that it's a bug wouldn't put me off. If it tastes nice, it, it, it it's nice, uh, and I don't really care what it is to be honest. I've been trying to get Carmel to go up to this place in, um, I think it, I think it's in Finchley, which sells sliced, deep fried cow balls <laughs> for a very long time, and she still won't go with me. And I've wanted to just go try some cow balls. Um, if you got, if if anyone wants to go with me, once you know COVID and all that happens, and everyone wants to feast on some cow nuts, then please let me know. Say the word feast, don't you? Going. When you're talking about eating testicles, you can't just say them. It's got, you're definitely feasting on them. Yeah, you can't. Yeah, you definitely. It, it doesn't really wet your appetite, really, does it? Which, by the way, is spelt with um, a H. Didn't know. I had no clue. Wet. Yes. Wet. So, 10% of the morning coffee is most likely cockroaches. Have we got anything else in America that I'm going to be absolutely mortified by? Yeah, I've got another couple of uh, low lights of delicious food. Um, Asparagus. um, So, these are like. How do you get things in asparagus? You can't get things in asparagus. (laughs) Asparagus isn't a formula. If you just put it out of the ground, you've cut off the tip. You can't get things in asparagus. Oh, I went through the list, the FDA's list of stuff, and it is horrific, the stuff that's in there. So, this is the upper limit before it's considered to be not fit for consumption. So, 10% of asparagus spears um, are allowed to be infested with six or more attached. Asparagus beetle eggs and or sacks. So like, oh my god! If ten percent of the so choose... sacks of eggs attached to the beach, then that's fine. If you don't, so hang on a minute. The geezer that's one, two, three, four, five, five, fine. Just yeah. pass that on. Yeah. Not pull them out as they go. They're just one, two, three, four. Keep that in. 
keep that yeah. in. Or, or it has the six, it just takes one out. Yeah, maybe he puts them all aside for himself as sort of like shop-soiled asparagus. Or maybe he wants to grow some beetle juice. Yeah, it could be. Um, it could be. You only have six beetle eggs to be able to fester in your stomach yeah, for you to exactly. grow internal beetles. Yeah. That, it's like IVF treatment, isn't it? They have to put in a certain amount before it attaches to the inside of the stomach. Yeah. So if you have five or less, the stomach deals with it. If it has six or more, suddenly beetles inside you are crawling about. That's, that's what it is. The asparagus is actually some sort of beetle IVF clinic. Well, to be fair, though, y- your stomach would be clean, wouldn't it? If it was a dung beetle, be fine. They'd be eating all that shit straight up. You'd never go for a poo again. Yeah. By the time it was getting made into a poo, it would be sitting there. At the end, ah. How do we know that's <laughs> not already happening and our shits are actually dung beetle shits? <laughs> this, this conspiracy could go all the way to the tippy top, sir. <laughs> all, all the way to the asparagus tips. <laughs> Well, don't eat asparagus. I'm never eating asparagus again. Oh, well, there's a couple of more things I could put you off while, I, while we're here. To me, asparagus isn't the top of my list of things that I eat. So if you've got pizza on there, I'll be really pissed off. Uh, actually, very likely to have any of these ingredients on a pizza. So ground cinnamon, um, that's allowed to have an average of 11 or more rodent hairs per 50 grams. Rodent hairs? Mm-hmm. Why are rodents getting involved in cinnamon? Yeah. Jesus. 50 grams isn't that much to have 11 hairs in. No. <laughs> it doesn't say where the hairs came from either. These could be like rim hairs, pubes. Well, yeah, right. Yeah, they could, they could be a rodent's arse yeah. hairs, which is like the worst types of hairs on a rodent. Nostril hairs, Jeez. who knows? Uh, <laughs> chocolate is allowed to have... This is like a chocolate powder... It's uh, allowed 60 or more insect fragments per 100 grams. What does it, what does it mean by a fragment? I guess that's anything less than a whole insect. So, <laughs> moth wing, <laughs> ant leg, stag beetle it's just not being, not being very, It should be more specific on this. Like, the amount of, like, if you just ground it all up, it was like 100% how much percentage it would be. You can't just say fragments and someone opens it up and there's just half a butterfly in there. It's like, well, that's only one fragment. So... Yeah, well, the, there's the next two actually are both an insect fragment situation and the ratios are even worse. So curry powders allowed 100 or more insect fragments per 25 grams. So masses what? per 25 grams. Hang, hang on a minute. We had 10 hairs per 50 grams for cinnamon... Now we've got 100 fragments per 25. Yeah, so 10 times more about half as much. No wonder you get the shits when you have a curry. Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? We like fire ants or bullet ants or something that make it spicy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, last one, I marjoram. Uh, apparently, that's allowed an average of 1,175 uh, insect fragments per 10 grams. Or what? eight or more rodent hairs per ten grams is not allowed. And or, or just or uh, eight is the maximum. Uh, any more than that, and per ten grams, and it's considered to be too hairy for marjoram. Oh, I'm definitely not eating marjoram when I go to the United I mean, States. I mean, might just just sh- bring a razor and shave it before you before you cook. <laughs> Shaving your food like it'll do with you know if you buy like a joint of you know of pork you might have to shave the crackling a little bit so i don't like the sound of american food i just don't i just don't mine six people get 
food poisoning every single year. That is too many. And this is the reason why, because they're allowing fucking hamsters and like different types of rodents to just go in and it's like shit all over their food. <laughs> And then be like, this is absolutely fine. Just carry on packaging it up. It's, it just sounds horrendous. Yeah. I mean, the amazing thing about all of this is, is if you think about how all this came to pass, that the FDA was set up to safeguard people from eating dangerous stuff. But of course, big companies that make food want to let people eat more insects and rodent hairs because making a big industrialized process or making things faster to lower standards can increase their profits. So companies will lobby the government to slacken these standards at the FDA. So, like, someone's job is to go to the FDA and go, hey, man, we want, like, nine rodent pairs <laughs> in this, for sure. Like, I, I've just, you know, that cup of coffee you just drank there, that had a load of hairs in it, and you didn't even notice, buddy. So... <laughs> it's a, the, the thing is, I don't, I don't, I don't mind us eating whatever we, we, we can eat. I, I really don't. I don't get why we're so specific on. Okay, yeah, the dog trade in China is disgusting, but I'm not against people eating dog if they want to eat dog as long as they were well looked after before they died and all that kind of stuff. I like the the treating of the animal to be as nice and cruelty free as possible before the end of it. And really, to be honest, when you're talking about this, especially as left leaning as we are, you start thinking, "Well, oh, fuck it, just don't eat meat at all." But it's delicious, and that's what, what it dog? comes down to is that. I want well, just meat in oh. general, right? So, I, I I don't mind, but we just need to be clear on what we're giving. So remember the horse thing with Tesco's. Yeah. So it's just like, well, I thought, I personally thought that loads of people would turn around and be like, oh, horse is nice. That wasn't the case. Everyone just went, oh, I've been eating horse for ages. It's like you didn't know you were eating horse, and you still liked it. You still kept on buying it. You still loved it. Yeah. Um, so I, I think that we should eat, eat more horse. Yeah. We, we've established in a previous episode that you'd be totally fine with being a cannibal. Yeah. So I think we maybe need to do some polls on this, see what the public think. Like, I wouldn't eat Polish people. I think they're yeah. a bit too tough. Um, I think I'd go a little bit more maybe Scandinavian. They look quite like meaty, kind of like, yeah. They look quite lean. I quite like the look of them. I like the idea of, you know, people suddenly realizing that there's horse and stuff in their food, and and being suddenly like celebrating it. I, I like at the end of that film, Silent Green, Charlton Heston screams, "It's made of yeah. people." Ooh, nice. Yeah, the thing is, is if you were so basically, you're stuck on a desert island, and you think desert you island, Ooh, we- delicious. <laughs> Sunday's only around the corner. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <that's> <laughs> um, but the if you if you were on a, a desert island and there was no food to eat, I'd chop off my leg and someone else would chop off their leg. Like a leg for a leg, you know, <laughs> makes us all walk wonky. <laughs> Which would be fine on an island because then... you could just do laps of the island. <laughs> <laughs> We can all make sure one does left leg and one does right leg, and then you hold each other and you can kind of just do one leg at a time. <laughs> but but I think that we could just share our legs. So I feed him my leg, he feeds him his leg, and we can both just eat legs until we get saved. <laughs> I think that was a fine situation. This is a terrible plan. This is a terrible plan. <laughs> 
Like, obviously, I'd eat the insects first. I'd wait until all the food was gone. I wouldn't go straight for leg. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be caught on a desert island and be like, well, we've got each other's legs now. Like, whoa, hang on a minute. Loads of shrubbery here. Let's have a look around. Let's do a bit of a dip in the diving. Try and see if we can catch some fish first. But if we got to the point where I was really hungry, I would ask to eat your leg buster. That's that. That's what we could and I could sensibly ask you to, in return, give me your leg, and let's not worry about the massive blood loss and all of those other things. <laughs> no, because I am a doctor, and we know that. <laughs> <I'm> a... <laughs> but, but we have had this conversation before, and I'll say it again. If someone says to you, eat my leg, what is morally and bad about it, as long as it was done right and they're not going to die from it? There's nothing wrong with it. You can't give me one reason why. If someone was willing to cut their leg off and it was done in a proper procedure, that that would be wrong. You just don't like it. <laughs> I'll have this conversation to the to the diet. Yeah, I was just think I'm just weighing in my mind the 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 cost of time if we go into this and I stand my ground and go, no, you shouldn't eat legs versus the benefits of just going, yeah, fine. <laughs> Crack on. Crack on fine. Okay, I'll be around yours tomorrow for a feast. A leg of buster with some taters. <laughs> Let's do some lovely good news. Open your mouth. It's time for the news. Do 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 do. <laughs> okay, in our first bit of good news, uh, one of you know me, Buster, very very well. Uh, I hope anyway. We spent a lot of time together. Full Fact is one of my favourite websites. It fact checks everything that goes on uh, within uh, the UK, and Ghana have now taken upon itself to also have an independent organisation that's looking into the uh, statements that the Ghana officials. Um, are spouting. So uh, it's called Ghana Fact, and it's already found over the past year or so during the election over 40 viral pieces of news gone around on Facebook, WhatsApp, and or uh, Twitter to have actually contained complete and utter falsehoods. They are essentially going around and fact-checking everything that's going on within elections and everything that uh, government officials are saying. Um, I still think to this day that the most crazy thing in the world, the most crazy job in the world is political journalists holding politicians to account. Because if we can't trust the people who run our country to tell us the truth, and we have to have someone independent to sit there and find out all the shit that's going on. I think that's a crazy world that we live in, that we have to have someone to hold people to account. But it's great that Ghana are getting on the act on this because um, more fact-checking. The problem is about fact-checking is it takes time, and by the time the damage is done, it's a bit too late. But it's better to have it there to combat misinformation than to not have it at all. And hopefully in the future, people will more listen to these organisations. Yep, the truth is very important. And out there, according to the X-Files. So, I <laughs> uh, got a bit of good news from our favourite country, uh, New Zealand. They are oh, yeah. a, a great example to the world for how they've handled the, uh, the virus and the quarantine. They're also uh, setting up to be a great example for how they uh, roll out the vaccine. So they have uh, put in an order to purchase enough COVID-19 vaccines to cover their uh, Pacific Island neighbours. Uh, the reason being partly for security of their own. 
island if their neighbors are also safe but also knowing that those countries are poorer and can't afford it so that's awesome that's great argentina legalizes abortion in landmark moment for women's rights um we're all up for more women's rights on this podcast and it's great that they can legalize abortion um in actually such a a, a catholic country actually um so uh, quite amazing yeah fantastic leap forward so um some good environment news here um bank of america is the latest to join the major US banks in ruling out financing oil and gas exploration in the Arctic. So there's some pristine wildlife in the Arctic, which uh, has potentially oil reserves there. And all of the uh, the six major US banks have now said, we're not gonna fund that exploration, effectively meaning it is gonna be impossible, hopefully, which is great, because it should all stay in the flipping ground. Yeah, good for the polar bears. Yeah. It's, it's weird that we're burning dinosaurs, isn't it? It is. Weird. We're, burning, we're burning dinosaurs to, to, to drive our cars. Um, the next bit of good news is there has been more publishings and findings for a think tank that has sent everything to Rishi Sunak. Uh, who is our transfer checker around the huge benefits that are for a four-day week um, with a 20% reduction in time at Microsoft for example actually saw a 40% increase on the effectiveness of their team's productivity over those weeks that they they trialed it so that means that that completely offsets the amount of time that you have people working for you because it actually increases the productivity um, a lot of companies um just through furlough schemes and everything else that's going on have moved to a four-day week with the likes of unilever for example have a thousand employees on a four-day week now um, and they believe that over 15,000 could actually move this four-day week and increase productivity and generally just make people happier. Yeah, there's lots of, yeah, like you said, there's lots of studies that prove that it is a good thing. Yeah. yeah. So in an effort to try and reduce space junk, uh, a Japanese company and some researchers at Kyoto University are trying to develop satellites that will be made mostly of wood so that there's less metal material which can break up and you know, stay in orbit for a long long time and it, wouldn't, and it wouldn't erode right because there's nothing hitting it i suppose weirdly things actually corrode and erode in space quite uh quite quickly uh because of the the atmosphere protects th- things on the planet from the like battering from solar radiation it's actually so powerful mm. out in space that it can like completely destroy a lot of materials including wood so wood would d- disintegrate in space quite quickly so you know that's the sports car that Elon Musk sent up, that'll be absolutely fucked by now. Wood squared. Yeah. Um, How much wood would a woodchuck wood chuck if a woodchuck could live in space? Nine. Yeah, exactly nine. nine. nine Another thing on technology and amazingness uh, for humans is that electric cars rise to a record 54% of the market share in Norway. So it doesn't mean of all cars there, it sold 54.3% of all new cars that were sold last year were electric uh, uh, vehicles, not hybrids, uh, battery electric vehicles. Uh, so uh, pretty cool. Again, again, Scandinavia just showing us the way to go again. Some good news that I think uh, a lot of people will have heard, but it's been very much unfortunately overshadowed by the events in, uh, in America. But uh, Re- Reverend Raphael Warnock, 
is uh, made history in becoming Georgia's first ever black senator and also the first black Democrat to represent a southern state in the Senate. So this has a huge historic resonance for the uh, the history of the US and the, the South and, and the Civil War and slavery and all of the echoes and problems that are still, you know, repercussions that are still part of modern America now. And he'll be one of seven uh, African-Americans to serve in the US Senate, so still a very small number. It is, that is amazing. And which I still find amazing, though, is that back when the Civil War was going on, it was the Republicans that were a bit more left-leaning and wanted to abolish the slavery, and Lincoln was Republican, and the Democrats wanted to keep slavery and a bit more right-leaning. Yeah. And they, I've never seen... And no one ever talks about how much of a flip the Democrats and the Republicans have made in terms of their their, their position in, in politics. Um, my last bit of good news uh, this uh, week is is plastic straws and single-use bags vanish from China as ban kicks in. Uh, so got rid of all uh, single-use bags and plastic straws uh, from the country, and there's a five-year plan to, to to eradicate everything and integrate completely biodegradable alternatives. My last story is a is a is a good one. Um, so the Dominican Republic in the Caribbean um, has just banned child marriage. You may think, well, this is an awful thing that this has been the case already. So perhaps not such good news, but the fact that it has changed is really good because it was a huge problem there. It has one of the highest rates of child marriage uh, and early unions, as they call them euphemistically, in Latin America. Um, And in fact, more than a third of women aged 20 to 24 were married or in an informal union before they were 18, according to official government figures there. So... This is a, it's a big problem here. So this law is the first step in changing some attitudes that will hopefully mean that a lot of young girls have better opportunities growing up in the Dominican Republic. And don't forget as well that a few states in America still allow 14-year-olds to get married um, if the parent says so. So this isn't just something that's happening in places like the Dominican Republic. This is also happening in the supposedly greatest uh, country in the world. So it's great that the Dominican Republic have done something that the US still are yet to actually overturn. Um, Amazing news. Mm. Right, okay. So should we get on to your last story of the day, Buster? Yes. Cool. Close your mouth. You're full from the news. Do, 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 do. story I've got for you, the last story for this week, is to do with uh, the Czech secret weapon in World War II. Uh, it was... Uh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Is it in Czech, Czech Republic? Yes, yes, yes. So it was the what's in modern Czech Republic and uh, Slovakia. Uh, Understood. So we know where we are. We know when we are. We're talking about a secret weapon. Something that the... Uh, Allies uh, considered a killing secret, a secret weapon killing machine because it would kill off Nazi troops, in particular high-ranking German officers. And actually, is it rodent-infested curry powder? No, no, because that, as we've discovered, is perfectly harmless and delicious. <laughs> Spicer. <laughs> this is uh, this is something that killed more high-ranking German officers apparently than uh, active combat. What do you reckon? Sharks with frickin' laser beams on their head. <laughs> um, 
Czechoslovakia. An old fashioned round petard bomb with like a teddy bear's face on it, so they would go. This is between this is nineteen thirties. This is before World War Two. Going into yeah, World War II. just before and the invasion of Czechoslovakia and well, yeah, because that was because that was the, the the main thing that basically that basically killed off Chamberlain was Chamberlain kept on giving bits of Czechoslovakia, which was like the top region, to Hitler. Hitler couldn't be like, can I have this bit? And he's like, that's your last bit, Hitler. And he's like, all right, that is promise you that's my last bit that I'm going to take. Can I have that bit as well? Like, last bit? You said, you did, you did say that you wouldn't take any more of this. He was taking regions off. Um, it's kind of like inviting Hitler around for dinner and he asks if he can have like some seconds in the middle of the table. Like, oh, do you mind if I have a second, you know, like a third Yorkshire pudding? And you go, sure, Hitler, but just take one Yorkshire pudding. And the guy fucks off with everything on the table, the silverware, the plates. <laughs> And it's nicked your car as well. Exactly. But the weapon for this, I'm guessing it it must be some kind of food or something, because I I can only imagine at that point in time, there was a lot of troops within the areas and they were basically forcing themselves to be fed by the locals or something. I'll give you you the name of the weapon. It's called the Tatra 87. Not the Tatra. Tartar Tor. The Tantra 69 or anything like that. Tantra 67. 87, yeah. Although the number is not helpful to, to the clue at all. Is it Tartar Tor? Is it bad Tartar Tor? Oh. Okay, I'll give you, I'll start I'll start the story. Go on, you, you crack the answer. I, I would have been an absolutely flawed if you'd guessed this. So when the Nazis invaded Czechoslovakia, as we discussed just before, um, Hitler was quite taken by a car that was manufactured there called the Tatra 87. Uh, it's a really cool looking car. It's one of the first cars to utilize aerodynamics because that actually wasn't really a thing um, in, until like, you know, 30s and beyond. So it looked really cool. It had sweeping bonnet, like a fin on the top, like a badass looking car. It had 85 horsepower, which was massive. More horsepower than a modern Toyota Igo which is also made in the Czech Republic. These cool old cars, the Tatra 87, it's it's made by this now non-existent company, Tatra. And they were really like popular. Uh, Hitler absolutely loved them because, you know, there's that whole thing about, you know, big, fast cars. Yeah. German small, loves know, cars. You know. Yeah. <laughs> or one ball. Yeah. You never, you never know. You never know with those things. Is it, have they got a small penis or have they just got one ball? Yeah. Um, For example, I've got a Mini, which is why I drive a Range Rover. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> That shouldn't have got me. Well <laughs> <laughs> done, no, that shouldn't have been so funny. It was, though. That was good. Um, have you, have you, you, do you remember the song, though? Um, yeah, Hitler, he's only got one ball, the other is in the Albert Hall, the other is with his mother. He's like, Look, that's three balls. How do you start with three balls? And he's whittling down to Maybe one. Maybe it's like fragments of the original cross. They became like relics and there just was shitloads more of them around. And... I don't know why he's giving his ball to his mother and giving it to the Albert Hall. It's a very weird present to give to the Queen and then bomb the shit out of them. Mm. But um, anyway, Tatra 87 looks like a really slick car. 
Hitler yeah. was very, very much taken by these cars, um, and he wanted some brought back to Germany. He saw it as the future of motoring, thought they were fantastic. And because he loved them, all of the German high command, because they're just, you know, sort of toadying to the Fuhrer, um, bought this car and loads of German officers were driving it. And this is where it was the secret weapon. The only people who really had it were these wealthy German officers. It happened to be a very fast car. You know, it looks quite, you know, quite slick and stuff, but that 85 horsepower genuinely was quite a fast car back then. But it was also quite heavily weighted to the back and its steering was quite unresponsive and heavy. It was basically a shitbox death trap. So, so many so, officers went out for a little spin in it, sent it off the road and killed themselves. So it wasn't even like the Czech Republic were building it on purpose to kill them or putting bombs inside of them. They were just building shit cars. It was like a honey trap for Nazis who liked fast cars. It was like a, it was a honey dick. They were honey dicking them. <laughs> yeah, the the car was the reason being is this: the engine was at the back, which makes it really fast, and it's a cool, powerful part. You know, like rear engine cars can be like pretty amazing, but there's too much of the weight at the back, so it was so bad at cornering. Yeah, it caused so many accidents. Apparently, the very first week that it was available, it killed seven German officers, high-ranking German officers. Wow. And they just carried on making the cars. Yeah, and, <laughs> and buying. And also, and also Hitler just carried on buying them. <laughs> I'm sure as the car span off the road, their back end came completely out. <laughs> <laughs> and off of them. Yeah. Um, I think that's part of the problem as well. That uh, well, for the German officers, great for everybody else. The, the German officers loved being flashy so much. They were so, so egotistical, such machismo and bravado that they probably saw all of these accidents and thought, "I can drive better than those guys." Yeah, 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 yeah. Tatra eighty-seven, and I'm gonna, you know, fucking you know, zing it about. Well, Mercedes have learnt from that as a German car company. They now haven't had a German driver in their cars for a very long time. <laughs> they just have Lewis Hamilton, who's English, and Bottas, who's Finnish. Um, uh, not finished. He's not finished yet. He's still going. <laughs> they probably wouldn't be very good at combat, would they? I mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Couldn't even drive along roads, let alone fucking shoot someone's head. It's a funny thought though Hitler realised that this is happening and there's a lot of people dying from driving this car but he did still like it and he did consider it to be the future of uh, of motoring so he ordered Porsche well he loved sure. death didn't he? he he loved death so he was like this is the way that people should die just put those Jewish people in these cars <laughs> send them on their way it's an I won't uh, yeah for sure well, he decided that he wasn't. He was done sacrificing his officers for this, so he ordered uh, Porsche to make a car just like it. And do you have any idea what that, what the result of that Porsche making a car that looks like the, that's inspired by the Tatra eighty seven? Um, no. Is it the Boxster? That's precisely what I was thinking. I was thinking it's going to be like the the nine eleven, the Boxster, so like a sports car that looks like a Porsche, slick, yeah. cool. It's actually. The Volkswagen Beetle was the end result. You know what? That was going to be my second choice. Um, but it was just the Porsche that put yeah. me off because they do look very, very similar. They do look very sporty. Yeah, because yeah, Hitler and you know was, was quite keen on this car for the people, Volkswagen. He had a fair bit of influence on that. And the Beetle was this mass-produced solution to people being able to uh, afford and, and own a car. So basically, Herbie was a Nazi yeah, murderer. It was the, the Czechs... In disguise. Killing weapon, yeah. 
which stacks up because he had a mind of his own, and anyone I think with a mind of their own would think, "Fuck the Nazis." Definitely changes the movie. And they, they are quite, they are very closely linked because um, actually there was apparently a, a court case in which Tatra, uh, the maker of the original car, sued Volkswagen over the Beetle being too similar to the Tatra eighty seven, and in the sixties, and uh, Volkswagen oh. had to pay. 3 million Deutschmarks, which is about 4.5 million euros today, as far as, as best as I can calculate it. That's a lot. It right? oh, yeah. Deutschmarks. Forgot about those. Yeah. Um... This, yeah. It's not even that long ago, but yeah. There's an interesting first podcast back. I'm so happy that I've learned so much from you, Buster. Can you wrap up what we've learned this week? So, this week we've learned that. There's a surprisingly large amount of rat, arsehole and ball hair in our food and ground up cockroaches in our coffee. And it's all part of a lobbying scheme by Big Cinnamon to try and get us to eat more bits of insect fragment. And we've also learned that the most dangerous thing to a German officer during the Second World War wasn't the, the Allies' guns and bombs. It was their own... Um, masculine deficiencies in the heads that led them to drive fast cars around corners to impress women. Brilliant. Lovely stuff. Uh, and if you do uh, like this podcast and you want to help us out in the most loveliest of ways, then please could you like, rate and subscribe to this podcast. Give it to your friends also. That would help us out. Um, we just want to be able to share the podcast with more like-minded individuals just like yourself uh, that would enjoy um, what we're spouting, basically. We want to give good news to everyone possible especially in these times it is more important than ever for everyone to be a little bit happier and give more good news about actually the good stuff that humans are doing uh, on a weekly basis so if everyone could just go find that one friend that you think could possibly like this podcast that would give us double the amount of uh, subscribers so please suggest it to your friends. rate of one that's what we're looking for <laughs> if you want to if you want to give it to two three four please do but you know we, we know that people's time is very very precious and especially right now spending with your loved ones uh virtually if you don't live with them but literally if it, people around you um is very very vital right now uh so please just share it with one or two people yeah. that would be absolutely fantastic for someone us. who's uh, having a tough time with lockdown and spending too much time doom scrolling on social media so if you have a friend who you think needs some uplifting news and to see things through a slightly different lens and maybe just to give them a smile do give us a shout out to them or alternatively if you don't like the podcast share it with one enemy (laughs) piss them off Um, wicked well it's goodbye from me Just say goodbye, Buster. We don't need to do this debacle every single week. We don't need to go through it. Just say goodbye in a normal fashion. Okay. We don't need this. We don't. We don't need this in our lives. We've already got yeah. a long enough podcast, and they've just listened to our voices enough without you sitting there and being like, "I'm not going to say anything for comedic effect." Word. It's not comedic. It's not funny. Just say. No. Just say goodbye. Right. What now? <laughs> Get
goodbye. <laughs> goodbye from me. And it's goodbye from me. Mm-hmm. <laughs>